Right, so let's start the broadcast. Dun, dun, dun. Shall I start? Yeah, go on. Hello and welcome to the Creative Coding Podcast, episode 30. As always, me, Ian Lobb. And me, Seb Lee Delisle. And a very special guest this week. Stacey Mulcahy. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, and we're trying, obviously, this brand new live podcast format today. And, and right now I can see we've got zero viewers, so it's working out well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you think after all the zero sort of pre... The zero pre-publicity we did for it, you know. We've got two, we got two viewers. Already? Yeah. Yay! Can they... How do we know if they're there? I don't know. Well, I just get a little number here that says two viewers. I, it's I really know. intimidating. Have they got like a back chat channel where they can sort of say mean things about us? I don't know. Well, if you're listening to us, let us know. Tweet us Somehow or through, yeah, Twitter, yeah. I think you can add like comments to the YouTube video. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> it's all a huge experiment. Let's just see what Oh, happens. so this like appears as a YouTube video as we do it? Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Wow. This is the future. I know, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> pretty spectacular. Great. Anyway, let's get started. So, how are you all both doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm okay. Ian, are you all right? Ooh. You're frozen. Ian's He's... frozen. I'm very well, thanks, dude. Oh, okay. You're back. <laughs> Ian, are you okay? Something weird happened there. Did You're kind of freezing. I'm back now. I disappeared uh, for a second. I think you froze for a bit. Um, what happened was yeah. a donkey right, well, that was carrying the internet signal from Cornwall sort of fell over and died. <laughs> and they had to pick up the bits of internet and shovel them into a steam tractor, which took them the rest of the way. Oh, you British, you're so lo-fi. Amazing. Yep. And how are you doing, Stacey? I'm good. Mm-hmm. It's earlier here for me than you guys, but yeah. Are you still in bed, Stacey? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are! That's so funny. What gave it away, the pillows? <laughs> yeah, just the side of a pillow. <laughs> I like it. You know, it yeah. makes a nice, relaxed podcast. I think That's this is great. a good thing. Exactly. I wish I was still in bed. It's ten past three here, but I'd happily be in bed. It's interesting the way on this Hangouts thing, the way it sort of edits between the different people. Yeah. It's like, it's almost, it feels really TV-like. Yeah, well, it does it automatically on the sound level. But Mm. I can, if I want, control it myself. I can pick the camera if I like, but I don't need to. (laughs) Too lazy? Yeah, yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is really cool, actually. I've not used this before, but I am genuinely impressed by this. It's pretty good. If add in a couple of Google glasses and you're sort of in the future, really. Oh, my God. Google glasses. You're wearing them now, Stacey. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. Oh. Sorry. Just making a bet on the game. Yeah. <laughs> How do you talk to, to Google glasses? Because, you know, you go like, Siri, what's this? You touch the side of your head. <laughs> yeah. And you go, Google Glass, show me the directions to McDonald's. <laughs> I, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious how um, that's all gonna work because has anyone used like voice activated connect? Yes, I've not really. Like I tried. it, it totally flakes out every once in a while. Like it'll catch your voice and do something that it doesn't mean to. So imagine fifty people in a room with Google Glass. Like <laughs> what? Do you know what I mean? I, I don't mm. know how that's gonna work. 
Well, the yeah. only way it's going to work is if everyone has one, right? Because if just a few people have one, then they're just going to work well, out. You know, obviously it's a clean podcast, but that everyone's just going to think they're idiots. Wallies. If, if there's just one person with Google Glass, it'll be like the business guys in the eighties with massive phones. Yeah. <laughs> no, but then that suggests that that's something that's sort of going to take off. People have compared it to segways. I like that comparison. There, it's a really futuristic thing. It works, but like you know, <laughs> are you going to look like a, a Wally? And do we, <laughs> does the world really need it? Ultimately, I, I think I'm really interested in the social aspect of it. You know, because we are all doing this, which is weird with friends. Right. Oh, I just did a visual cue. That's not going to work on the audio, is it? Uh, basically, <laughs> mine's looking down at a phone. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, but so I, I noticed someone say that um, at least that is a visual cue that you are doing something, whereas you could just be having a conversation with someone and, and look up to your left or whatever, and you could just be mm. reading the news and totally ignoring you, someone. I, I don't know <laughs> if it's going to make it necessarily any better, but it's... Um... They had a, a creative sandbox here in New York and we got a whole bunch of agencies got to attend. And so one of the presentations was Google Glass. And so the designer, industrial designer who came up with the design for it was, you know, showing the prototypes and things like that. And there was about maybe 10 of us in this one corner going, but what is it? But what is it? Like, give us your elevator pitch. Like what exactly? And they couldn't quantify exactly what it was. It wasn't like, you know, it's a device that allows you to have a screen project. Like they couldn't quantify like put anything around it so we were just like the whole entire time like what is this and then the industrial designer who's obviously super talented like she has like a crazy resume um was like (laughs) one thing that stuck to me stuck with me was she said uh uh it's it's so intuitive that even models and grandmothers figured it out I was like, do you know what, what that sounds like right now? Because <laughs> one of the big things for it is that um, whole uh, fashion show that it was used for. Mm. Uh, Diane, Diane, I can't remember her last name or whatever, but, you know, fashion designer or whatever. And so that's yeah. their big thing is that big video, concept video. So I was like, oh, great. Models can figure it out. Awesome. That intuitive. It could, be, it could include male models as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, in fact, we don't even call them male models because I don't see gender. So that just <laughs> models, when you say models, I just naturally think of both male and female models. But let's just be clear, though, both genders are equally uh, stupid, right? That's what. That's the point I'm making, yeah. I'm saying yeah. all models are stupid. <laughs> no. No. People, models can be attractive. I mean, models are attractive. Models can be intelligent. <laughs> That's a thing that can happen. Yeah. It's not like uh, Dungeons and Dragons where it's like if you sort of, you're like high on looks, you like have to be low on like intelligence. <laughs> like, I, I like, I like how D&D just started that whole thing. Yeah, know. they did. Like, you know, if you're good in one area, you have to sort of be, be not as good in another area. Is that like when you're configuring your car in racing games? Mm. It's like you've got a, you can add more engine power, but then you lose a bit of steering. Yeah, exactly. That's like so. um like Bowser in Mario Kart. <laughs> Bowser. <sighs> so we could talk about some uh, some relevant stuff. Coding. Right? What, was that? what? Coding. Co- yeah, we can talk. Well, well, um, Stacy, perhaps um. Uh, you know, people don't quite know who you are. I mean, well, let's let's hear a bit about you. I mean, we know uh, who you are, right? But not everyone does. So uh, yeah. you work at Big Spaceship, right? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lead developer at Big Spaceship. I don't think anyone knows what that title means, including me. Oh, but, uh, that's helpful. <laughs> well, no, it's like our titles are kind of... 
um, made up titles are for, yeah they're for external purpose really not internal so um, uh, yeah been for been at Big Spaceship for about two years and we do pretty much everything so the last couple of years has been uh, mostly web standards a lot of responsive design um, iOS Python mm-hmm. uh, the last couple of months I've uh, had the opportunity to do a lot of physical kind of computing projects. So I've been really getting into Raspberry Pi, which is super exciting. Um, I wish I could just do that all day long. Yeah. So, yeah. So what did you make of Raspberry Pi? Um, well, we just had a hack day last week. Um, and so basically what we do is we shut down the office for the day and um, we're given a project brief. And then you kind of self-organize and build whatever you want to build. So the theme of this last one was um, hack the ship. So it's basically just make the workplace a better place. Um, so a lot of people did various things that were for communication or productivity or that kind of thing. And um, I decided I want to kind of just celebrate having fun a little bit more. So um, I did two two projects with the Raspberry Pi. Um, one was, uh, let's see, a theme song generator for when you enter the office. So RFID, you know, everyone has an RFID. It goes to an API. It has your theme song that's a YouTube video because, you know, Everyone loves a YouTube video. And when you walk in the room, it'll play your YouTube video up on the screen. Um, And then other objects are kind of tagged as well. Like the bathroom, we have bathroom keys. So I tag the bathroom keys with that um, sitting on the toilet video, things like that. Um, So, and then I just did it with Python and Node so we can externalize all that stuff. So people could actually go probably to this page if if we built it out a little bit more and and see like kind of like our our day in a theme song, if you want to think about it like that. And then... um, the other one I built with a good friend of mine here who's, uh, he's like an electronics genius. He's awesome. He's so smart. His name's um, Dave Scheinkoff, and he actually has a really crazy YouTube um, kind of uh, page going. Like, he does really neat experiments, but um, I hijacked him as a friend, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we've been working on a couple projects together, and so I've been teaching him software, and he teaches me hardware, and um, we built what's called Booty Bump. So, um, you know, when you write a line, a couple lines of code or you write like even a big chunk and you don't test it and it works the first time, like yeah. mm-hmm. it rarely happens. So you're like, is this voodoo? Is this magic? Like, what is this? Is this heaven? I don't, you know, you don't trust it. And it's that, but it's that amazing thing that you, as a coder, I think we have that moment, but I don't think as, um, as a designer, maybe you have that exact same feeling. Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit different, but so I was like, it, you know, we work in teams that are, um, you know, interdisciplinary disciplinary so what am I going to do go to the designer beside me and be like hey guess what I just wrote like 50 lines of code that worked the first time like they're not going to care so we created this installation called booty bump and basically it's two sensors it's like a human form uh ass down butt down whatever two sensors runs through the python or runs through the um, raspberry pi and then we hooked up um disco lights and music to it. So basically you go up and you kind of booty bump it when you've done something good. And it plays like a song or whatever it is, but you have like an eight second kind of dance party where you can celebrate what you did. Um, so those are the two kind of things I've been doing, like just more physical computing stuff. But yeah. I have a list that's like a mile long. And I think that's going to be probably the next three months of just putting my time towards, you know, those kind of things. Cause like learning um, new stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, things. well, it's so, I mean, I'm sure like you've been building some of that kind of stuff in the last couple of years and you know how rewarding it is to see it's, it's so different. Like how, how you feel about what you built. Like the, mm-hmm. I'm so proud of these two things I built and I've been doing this stuff for how 
long, you know, like <clears throat> technology in general. And it's like these two things I'm so proud of because you see people interact with them and you see them laugh or you see them be like, wow, or whatever. And you don't get that from building a web page or, or, or <laughs> building a game sometimes. Like even though you, you assume that's happening, you don't, you don't see it. So yeah. it's way more tangible and rewarding. I think that's why I, I wanted to get away from kind of web stuff. I mean, obviously a lot of my projects were being used by millions of people sometimes, but I didn't really have that impression, you know? So yeah, that's why I love making stuff and creating events and, you know, just making something interesting happen that I can see. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, and it's just the little things, like it doesn't really matter what it is, but like one idea I had was... um uh, a drink coaster that lights up when your drink's kind of almost done. So it's like an automatic reminder that you need to get another drink. You know, things like that that are just really stupid and simple. And I think I'm just going to start building stuff to give to people for like whatever occasions kind of thing because it's it's way more, I don't know, it's way more rewarding. I feel finally like I found something that I kind of really love. It's good. It's a good time to learn it as well, right? I mean, it's never been a better time. Obviously, there's the raspberry pie you mentioned already, but... Um... You know, what about the Arduino? Everything's getting so accessible. Yeah, and and the knowledge is there too. So it's, yeah. people are sharing way more stuff than they did before, I feel like. And, and, you know, stuff like open frameworks and all those libraries, it's just like plug and play right now. And it's it's an amazing communities to be part of. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, I have a question on like the physical computing stuff. When you have made like a beer coaster that lights up or whatever, what, what are the sort of practicalities of like making that into something that's like, durable enough that you could give it to them as a birthday present or something that's a good question uh i mean i think those things i, I you know i approach this stuff right now not that i'm an expert because i'm just starting but i approach everything like i prototype something and i just make it work and i make the proof of concept work and then i figure out the casing and i figure out everything else that has to go around it and you know we've done that for a couple things even on hack day for the shop like you just make it work it's just like development you just make it work and you get your concept across and then you figure out the best way to implement it. And so, you know, those kind of things, it's always, um, you know, like even we're talking about the coaster and how we're going to make it and we're just going to prototype it with like cork and, you know, just have it, you know, not even worry about the things like, oh, water or, you know, any of those kind of things, just make it work and then we'll figure out the wrapping around it. And then that's mm. actually, that's really fun though, because the thing about making that stuff work is that's the hard part, but the casing or the presentation is where, where people really feel like they can chip in too, where other people are like, oh, you should do this or you should do that. That, you know like because they don't necessarily understand the little intricacies of like a teensy with a whatever and leds like they don't get that part but casing and presentation and how they would want to have it work people totally understand so it's it's kind of awesome when you give someone an idea and they don't get it but when you prototype it they start giving you feedback on the casing and stuff like that so I don't know, that's how I'm doing it right now. I just figure out like, oh, okay, well, it's going to be a drink. It's going to be a pint of beer and it's going to be wet. We're going to have to worry about all these things. Like then you start filling that stuff out. But for me, it's just making it work first and then figuring that stuff out after the fact. And like anything else, it's like you have to go and test in a real situation. Um, mm. You know, those kind of things where, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit, especially if you're building things that are like games or installations like that, like you can't account for certain environmental factors in your current environment. You actually have to go to the real environment and, and figure out like is the lighting going to throw this off is this going to do this or you know what I mean like those kind of things is the wifi really going to suck I mean it's kind of the same as, as programming stuff right I mean it's very it, quick and easy to make a quick prototype in code like yeah. getting it to a finished completed project is totally different yeah completely I, I mean and I don't think the process is any different and so that's why I feel like it's so approachable like anyone who's just like
like, especially a Raspberry Pi, because you basically just install any kind of, you know, um, OS on it, or you install Linux or whatever you want to run on it, and you just run with it. And so that's, you already got like the software background with it. So you're just, it's so like, I mean, personally, I find it just much more approachable than Arduino, because Arduino is a much more lower level language. And, you know, you can run, if you're familiar with things like Python, then you suddenly have all this extra, extra controls that you can just leverage very easily. Like all of a sudden doing social network stuff or getting Twitter feeds or that stuff is like a library away. And so I find that that's why the Raspberry Pi is where I think it's kind of going towards because, and it's even more affordable than Arduino, for example. So, um, it was actually, it's cheaper than Arduino to buy them. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, an a, a Uno costs you 30 bucks and a Raspberry Pi costs you 30 bucks. Yeah. But right. you've got to get an SD card and a power supply as well. For the sure. Power but I mean, card. you know, you don't need to go, like a lot of people are talking about, like you need to go buy the cobbler so that you can get all the inputs. You don't need to, you can just go make your own, like all that kind of stuff. So I still yeah. think that for 30 bucks, it's a bigger bang for your, like, you know, it's better for your money, but, um, I still like Arduino is still, you know, I was like laughing because I bricked one and you're like, that's why you buy several. So the next thing I did is I bought like four in a row. Like, okay, so I have four Arduinos, four pies. Hopefully I don't brick them again. And, yeah. you know, you're going to, you're going to brick. You. I mean, that's just what happens. I mean, I think the the pie is amazing that because it is just a computer, right? And it's an actual proper computer. And for kids, it's, you know, they've been running Raspberry Pi workshops at Build Brighton, the local hack space. And although it's for adults, like half the people that go are kids. That's awesome. And it's just so amazing. And it's exciting to see kids just owning their own computer that they have to sort of learn to program. I do think that an important difference um, between the Pi and the Arduino, if, if, you know, if ultimately doing something with electronics and physical stuff is where you want to go, um, the Arduino is a good sort of stepping stone into doing um, more electronic stuff. And if you wanted to say, yeah. I mean, look, because the actual components on an Arduino are pretty cheap. Um, and so you could prototype with an Arduino and then actually make your own custom board with the same stuff on it for, you know, like five quid or something. So, yeah. you know, that, that, but yeah, for most people just want to plug a big button or some lights into the internet, then the yeah. Raspberry Pi is perfect <laughs> for that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You want yeah. to hook a, like... a banana up to the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's, um, and the thing about the Raspberry Pi is that a lot of people are doing just really neat stuff with it right now. So I find that, um, you know, uh, I, I like that community. I went to a Raspberry Pi meetup here and it was an odd group, super odd. There was every, every demographic you could imagine in this room. So it was, um, really neat to see what people were doing and on str- what they were struggling with. Cause some people are just, they don't know software. So they're struggling with the software yet. They knew everything else. And that's, if you can kind of match people with different kind of, you know, um, knowledge and expertise, it's amazing what you can do in a couple of hours. Hmm. I just saw Twitter. Oh, cool. A question on Twitter from Ian Witten is, uh, do any of you participate in events like Code Club or similar? Um... I do something a bit like Code Club. It's called <laughs> it's called a uh, university, and uh, I do teach children to program, but they're technically adults. <laughs> what are they psychologically children? Or a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I've been there. I've no, because they Ian. no because I I do teach first years, and they are eighteen, and they don't really know anything about programming or anything. So it's a similar experience, really. I wish that they'd had Code Club before they started, but like that, we're still pretty bad for that in the UK. So yeah, we should probably maybe just we have talked about Code Club on the show before, but just to to reiterate, it is a non-profit organisation that's setting up Code Clubs throughout the UK, uh, after-school coding clubs, finding volunteers uh, to come and run them. 
and yeah. it's pretty exciting. I think they've got. It's really cool. I wish I had time to like do it, but there's just no way that I do. So. Well, um, I've been talking to Claire Sutcliffe, one of the two founders, and I'm hoping to get her on an episode very, very soon. Yeah, cool. So, um, That's cool. cool. Yeah, but, I mean, for us, it's, we have different a couple of different things out here, but um, I think for the last year, I've been going into a classroom at least three times a year. Um, my brother's a teacher, so I end up hooking up with him or some of his friends, and I go in and I teach a basic, you know, sometimes it's a basic web class, sometimes it's flash animation. Animation. Uh, last one I did is Raspberry Pi, and I'm planning on doing more of that here. And then my friend Dave and I are going to be doing um, workshops for kids on Raspberry Pi. So it's definitely, um, it's uh, something I would love to contribute and give more time to, because I kind of feel like our generation's a little bit of a lost generation. I kind of feel like, the, you know, if you can be a good example to the, the kids, and that's the best you can ask for. Yeah, are, are you, and you're trying to be a good influence on your niece right now, Stacey. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> so yeah. tell us about that story. Uh. So. Um. Oh, this is gonna get emotional and weird. Oh, uh, awesome! <laughs> I can just see the viewing figures climbing. Whatever. Right so, so <laughs> my niece just turned eight, and she is this lovely, um, very funny, very witty girl who grew up playing video games, and I'm the cool aunt because I can make games, or I can do this, or I can do any of that, and you know, I've I have a very special relationship with my nieces and nephews in that sense, and so she, you know, it was her birthday, and she called me up. And, you know, I was like, oh, you know, you're eight. Like, you know, you know, the questions I always ask are like, do you have a boyfriend? And do you know what you're going to be when you grow up? And she always asks me the same kind of questions, which is funny, seeing that I'm however much older than her. And um, <laughs> funny, no, I don't have a boyfriend. And no, I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. Um, so, you know, funny that I'm on par with an eight-year-old, but whatever. Uh, so she, you know, she's like, yeah, I think I want to make video games and and she's, I mean, she's, she makes really good commentary about games. She'll be like, oh, this is like an unfair advantage. And, you know, this background sound music needs to change. Like, it's, it's a little too, it's making me anxious. Like, she makes really good comments. So, you know, I was like, oh, I could totally see her, like, you know, being really interested in doing that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's a fad or if it's something she's truly interested in. It's not like, you know, something she really wanted to do. And so, you know, I got off the phone with her or whatever, and I thought about things. And I got a little, you know, a little weirded out, I guess, a little sad and so I sat down and I wrote her a letter and then I ended up just publishing that letter to the web and you know I just thought about um so I've been in this industry I don't know 10 years I guess um and uh I've been very fortunate to be very supportive and to generally have had very good experiences as a woman in technology like I don't have a lot of complaints I also though thought about it over a period of 10 years because 10 years is a long time and I've probably put up with a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have and I've probably accepted a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have and I probably had a bit of a thick skin and and for me most people who know me realize that you know, I, I kind of put off this persona of being a tough cookie. And, and once you get to know me, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like that perfect cookie, you know, tough on the outside and a little soft and chewy on the inside, I guess. Um, I don't know where that metaphor is going, but please don't take it any farther. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, and so 
you know, I've, I've, I've struggled with a lot of things. Like I say what I think and I, I, I refuse to, you know, apologize for that. And I'm, I'm opinionated and I'm assertive and, um, you know, I, I don't know if this is a result of being in the industry or I don't know if it's truly who I am. I like to think it's truly who I am. But so when I sat down and wrote her this letter, I just thought about all those things. And, you know, when you think about 10 years, a lot of stuff has happened that's not right. And, you know, that, that kind of sucks. But a lot of stuff that's happened has been awesome and great and supportive and, and amazing and has changed me in ways that I, you know, I can't even articulate. So I kind of just, you know, thought about what's happening now and just hoped that she didn't have to do some of the things that maybe I've had to do or other other females maybe have had to do and that I've accepted as well, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting because you put that up on the web and it's highly personal. And I think people so, who... So you posted it on, uh, was it... Futurewomanintech.com. Oh, yeah. So I posted that just one night. Like, I, I literally wrote it in 20 minutes, put in HTML, posted it, wrote her a letter, sent it off, you know, kind of thing. And I showed it to one of my friends, Jonathan Snook. Um, and then the next thing I know, 17 or 18,000 people saw it in 24 hours, which is really weird and freaky because, you know, I didn't want to be the voice of, you know, I never asked to be this, this voice of, of females and, and women in tech or any of that kind of thing. And to know that, you know, I guess 30 or probably 40,000 people have read it, which whether they agree or not, I don't really care. It doesn't really matter to me. It just, it's, it means that they've read it and they've, there's a conversation that's occurring that wasn't happening before in that same way um to me is is really crazy like I'm still struggling with a little bit of that I guess it's quite timely as well isn't it there's been a lot of these kind of issues being raised in in well certainly in the web design world and other tech conferences yeah I mean you know I think that I think that these issues have always been around though like and that's the whole thing is I think that there's just other formats now to discuss them so maybe four years ago people wouldn't have been as vocal on Twitter about like oh this is you know crap I saw this at a conference like there was an award show for last year I think it was and I can't remember if the if it was the one interactive award show or something something in New York it was big ad agency award show and they basically had like um like Vegas showgirls, like doing the intro to it. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, of course everyone's going to accept this because they're going to get an award. Like you can't be like, oh, thanks for this award. But by the way, that was incredibly sexist. Like, you know, so there's things like that that still happen all the time. That's, you know, super irritating, but I, you know, I, I feel fortunate, like for my work environment currently, um, I couldn't ask for anything that's more supportive and, and that's great. And I know that that's the case for most females. Like I really do. I don't, you know, but there is still those things that happen that we just generally, um, still accept. And I think, you know, the only way that we can kind of stop that is either being more vocal about it, unfortunately, or, mm. you know, even the, the whole stance about, um, don't accept a speaking position unless, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, whatever minority you want to choose or whatever like unless your people are fully represented you know what I mean and um whether or not those things work in practice it's just still interesting that people are throwing out ideas and trying new things to to solve what are you know issues it's an important discussion isn't it I think what what struck me about your your website and I think why everyone responded it so much responded to it so much was because it did have a, an air of hopefulness you know it wasn't like a lot of the posts which were all very worthwhile as well but they were sort of focused 
focusing on things that had happened, but I think you were, because you were focusing on sort of hope for the future, I think it had a really nice tone. That's probably why it did well. Did you get a lot of good feedback from it as well as, as the odd crazy negative comment? Yeah, I mean, I got a, I got a lot of, like, a lot of good feedback. I got, you know, I had a couple of females who were like, this isn't my experience, I can't relate to it. And, and you know, I think that's good feedback too, totally, because I think up until I thought about things over a period of 10 years, I never would have thought this either, to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think it's a accumulation of that. And then I, I got some crazies that we all saw probably on Twitter who are just like, uh, this is child abuse was one. Um, <laughs> this, you know, people are like, oh, but your, your username is bitch who codes. And yet you're saying that all these things. And it's like, yeah, I realize the irony of my name. I get that. If, and you know, that's a problem about writing something so personal and having a username like mine is that um, my username is pretty ironic once you know me. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you know, there's going to be a bit of that and things like that. So I, yeah, I definitely got some crazies, but, um, what really freaked me out the most though, was that, um, the response I was getting was not just technology people. It was, um, people in government and people in fashion and people like in other like verticals for lack of, you know, marketing douchebag word, but that I, I know nothing about like zero, like neuroscience, like neuroscience, like I know nothing about. And people were like, you know, um, tweeting or, or, you know, asking for me an email or whatever. And, and that was, um, to me, I don't know if you had to have like a measure of success or a measure of like how well this did or, or if I feel like it accomplished something. It was the fact that it actually transcended set, uh, uh, transcended technology was pretty, pretty weird, mm. but awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, I think we're kind of running out of time, so we better start wrapping up. Oh, I'm sorry. I just That's talked okay. the whole time. No, was, well, you are the guest of honour. Like, me and Ian get to just talk rubbish every week, so nice to have someone else for a, ch- for a shame, for a change. <laughs> but we like your well, rubbish. I think some people must like it. I don't quite get it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's, it's been our pleasure, right? Anything you want to plug? No. Ian? I think I did. <laughs> no. Time's flown there, hasn't it? Are we really yeah, at the end already? 35 minutes, I think, to my watch. Right. And are you, you're enforcing the policy strictly on time? Well, yeah, just because I've got to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I forgot about that. I knew there was a reason why we were doing short episodes. Yeah, it's yeah it's, honestly, it's so much easier to edit a half-hour show. It's, it's quite quite enjoyable actually yeah. cool. I, cool i should probably plug my new games course yes do Creative it js games uh, coming up i think there's a, a few tickets left and also still tickets for the non-coders course in uh, brighton seb.ly slash training seeing as we don't have any sponsors i guess i've got to plug my own stuff right yeah mm. cool i noticed this- some of the other podcasts mentioning their names they have like they had like episode one sponsors like they just started with sponsorship. Like the first thing you hear is a sponsorship thing. It's like, I'm so glad we never did sponsorships. Yeah, some money would be good though, wouldn't it? <laughs> that is true. Yeah, like, so that I, said, uh, we would so quite if like... there are any sponsors out there... <laughs> but you know, my problem, I think I'm like you, Stacey, I can't just say, I can't just not say what I think. Like say we got a sponsor and I didn't think they are any good. That's just a I mean, we have really high journalistic standards on this show as well. We do. No, but the thing is, we are the people that will say uh, whatever, right? Yeah. If not us, then who? Like, you can't trust these magazines and stuff because they're getting paid too much money in advertising, like, yeah. by the software publishers and stuff that they would never yeah. actually tell you the truth. Only trust me and Seb. 100% <laughs> truthfulness. Guaranteed. Oh, 
<laughs> the bond that ties you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, like, I could never be a sort of technology evangelist for, like, anything because I was just not... I can't be like that because I'm too honest. But then I think the good evangelists are quite honest, aren't they? And, mm. Yeah. Um, that I, is true. I was, yeah, I would, I would say the same. The only reason it would become a problem is if you thought that what you were trying to sell was complete rubbish. At that yeah. point, it would be an issue, right? That would be bad. But I think the best evangelists acknowledge the flaws in their own technology, mm. yet still focus on the good bits. Sure. Um, I'm also, oh, speaking of sponsorship, I'm trying to, I'm taking um, Pixel Pyros, the digital fireworks on tour in the cool. autumn in the UK so I'm looking for festivals and venues and sponsors <laughs> that's cool yeah well more about that I think uh, I'm going to hopefully get some posts out about it this week cool anyway nothing Yay. more to say except let's wrap up the show thanks All so right. much for joining us Stacy. thanks I'm going to go back to bed yeah good idea <laughs> thanks Stacy. really did you <laughs> And um, maybe we'll try doing a live one again next week with a bit of warning now we've proved that it works. Mm. You guys should do it. It'll be fun. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.